JM in the AM. Well, every time Tal Brody is a guest of ours, everyone here goes nuts for good reason. The Babe Ruth of Israel. The um, most important sports figure in the history of the state of Israel. There's a brand new documentary out. You'll recall this past Friday, Donnie Menken joined us on the air here at JM in the AM. And we spoke about the uh, we spoke about the brand new movie, and um, the uh, and it it takes us through the nineteen. I mean, it takes us through a lot more than just the nineteen seventy seven season. But the crescendo, of course, is the incredible 1977 season. Did I say nineteen ninety seven? Nineteen seventy seven season, um, where Israel won the European Cup on the way to winning. Of course, they beat. The USSR, Tal Brody, led that team through what, uh, now that we look back on it, one can acknowledge was one of the greatest miracles in sports history. Tal Brody, an absolute honor and pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Well, thank you, Nachum. It's a pleasure to be on. Uh, so, well, I learned a lot of things in this movie. First of all, I learned that um, that Israel is on the map. Israel, uh, what was it? Achshav b'mapa, achshav anachdu b'mapa, right? You're right. Not only that we're on the map, but we're staying on the map. Not only in sport, but in everything. And apparently, when you made that statement after the Soviet Union game, you had never thought of that expression before. It just came to you. It, it came to me out of the period of time that we're in. You have to remember it's 1977, only after about 30 years after the establishment of the State of Israel, from being under the British mandate of Palestine. And it was also a period of time when you're looking back and we lost 11 athletes in the 72 Munich massacre. Right. And then in 1973, when we're all in the synagogues, the sneak attack uh, by all the Arabic armies around us, and we lost about 2,600 soldiers and another three, 4,000 injured. And it was so impact on Israel from the countries in mourning for about three years up until 19, three or four years up until 1977. And here comes a basketball team that just took everybody out of the houses twice, once in beating not the Russians, but the Soviet Union. Right. The same 22 satellite countries that supply a large amount of basketball players today to the NBA, of the 66 uh, European players that are uh, playing in the NBA. Uh, and uh, It just was an amazing period of time. And then go on after beating the Soviet Union and, you know, why we are on the map and we are staying on the map, not only in sport and everything, because every place that our team would play in Europe, uh, many of the countries even didn't even write the, when they had the map of the country, they, they wrote Palestine. They didn't write uh, Israel. Right. You know, and uh, so all this was in our mind because every place that we would go, we would want to see what the local sports writers are saying about uh, our team and the other team. You know, there wasn't that many uh, videos and scouting at that period of time in Europe. And so... Uh, apparently it was in my mind, in my heart, and uh, maybe it, it hurt that the fact that they would not say Israel and list it on the map in many of the countries, especially in East Europe when we would play. 
So after beating the Soviet Union, uh, seven the seven of those players from the national team that beat the U.S. in that controversial game in the Munich Olympics in '72, all that came out of the excitement of what happened after winning '91 '79, and then we went on that same year to beat Mobile Jirji Vereza, which we lost twice, once at home, once away during the regular season. A great Italian team. And all of a sudden, to win 78-77 in Belgrade, Yugoslavia, which uh, Yugoslavia, the former Yugoslavia, you know, the, didn't have relations with Israel, but they let uh, five, six uh, LL planes land, and to bring our fans, we had 5,000 uh, fans that came from Israel and Jews also from Europe to cheer us on, and it was an amazing year, you know, from. In Tebi until Sadati arrived in Israel in making the first peace agreement, which is holding strong until today. And if Israel was not on the map, who knows if Sadat would have even uh, gone ahead and made that gesture. Uh, that, that's true. Uh, that's true. It was a beautiful period of time. We also won the Eurovision that year. And, right. And <laughs> Two Moore, years in a row, uh, right. This universe. Yeah, I think it was 76, a little bit before that. Right. Uh, Nathan Sharansky and Let My People Go. Right. Uh, it was an amazing period of time for Israel. And as I say, after this mourning period of about three years, it affected every Israeli family. Every Israeli family knew somebody that was uh, wounded or killed in that war. And uh, so the, all this just burst out, you know, where everybody just forgot and went onto the street just like a Independence Day. You know, celebrating a basketball victory, which was much more to a country, the meaning of it. Unbelievable. Tal Brody is with us, the basketball and sports legend of Israel. The um, the the documentary is called On the Map, everybody. It's called On the Map. And you can go to Hey Jude Productions. This is something we discussed with Donnie Menken the other day. Go to Hey Jude Productions on, uh, on the web, and you can see how you can not only support these efforts, but how you could bring the documentary to your synagogue, your JCC, your theater, your community, etc. It's called On the Map. Check it out. Now, Tal Brody, there are a few things I learned from... I thought I knew everything about you, and I thought I knew everything about, you know, Berkovich, Aroesti, and then... And and, and I've told you this story before, that I was walking... Because I happened to be like six foot five, and I was was walking in Ashdod as a teenager... And uh, two girls passed me, and one said to the other, Thierry, Olsi Perry Halavan. So I've always, <laughs> I've always had this this uh, kinship with Olsi Perry, frankly. And I learned a tremendous amount about him from this documentary. But here are a few other things I learned. I didn't realize how not only did you have to buy into all of this, and it was incredible that you did and you led the effort, but you had so many teammates, including Olsi and others, who had to buy into this thing, who had to understand that coming you know, overseas to play for Israel was a big deal, an important deal, and eventually a historic deal. And not to minimize your role, but when you think and you see in the documentary how many others had to buy into all of this, it's really amazing. That's true. You know, as uh, today it's uh, after David Stern and globalization, also Europe, you know, basketball is open. You have, uh, we have a Greek coach, coaching Maccabi Tel Aviv. The, the Russians had even a, a David Blatt, who, uh, Jewish, uh, you know, a coach. Kruster yeah. uh, probably would have turned in his grave if he, he saw right. that an Israeli is <laughs> coaching, you know, the Russian national team and then CSKA at one period of time. And so 
the Europe changed its rules from having allowing two Americans to play, or it could be American and a European, doesn't make any difference, uh, to open to European Union. Any, uh, any player within the European Union can play for another country. And then they opened it up uh, all together. So, yes, we had... Uh, you know, like uh, myself at 77, I was an Israeli citizen, and uh, uh, same with Eric Menken and Bob Griffin and Olsi uh, Perry. It came in, and uh, Jim Boatwright was our foreign ball player, and all the other teams that we played against in that final with Mobile Jirji, uh, Bob Morse, and uh, Randy Meister from. Bob Morse played with Penn. He was a great ball player at that period of time with Penn, and uh, so. All the teams in Europe, not just uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv, and so we go by the European rules, and that's the way it is today, you know. And and it's amazing, you know, because you know, in, when I'm traveling around the world with this movie, I've been to Brazil. They translated into Portuguese. In <laughs> China, it's going to be in Mandarin. In Hong Kong, it's still uh, it was under the British, uh, but now it's under the Chinese. But the movie was in in English, and in South America, it's going to be in Spanish. And in Europe, it's uh, it's going to be through every country through their language. And I, I I'm amazed at the interest in a movie which is based on a basketball story. But the impact of the movie, when you see, no matter how many times any of the Jewish community that has been to Israel or the Christian community that has come, they never seen this part of Israel. And right. it's a missing part of their vocabulary, or you might right. say. But, you know, it's missing because you cannot get a ticket to a European basketball game when we're playing on a Thursday night in Israel. Everything's sold out before the season starts. So right. nobody ever seen the excitement of sport. How many people know that uh, this year, with uh, many of the moderate Arabic countries uh, are trying are getting closer to Israel, and our judo team that won gold medals in Dubai, and for the first time in Abu Dhabi, they allowed our athletes uh, to go with the logo of Israel on their uniforms, and when they won the gold medal, to play the Hatikva. And this is, it's its a new world out there that's happening. And, uh, you know, so a lot of things because of what's happening in sport in Israel. I always like to say it, we're, we're the sports capital of the Middle East, you know. <laughs> so, 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 so when you look at it, what's going on around us, we're the, basically the, the safest country in the Middle East and also the country which loves sports, but when People are coming in. By the way, we had our greatest tourist uh, year. We're breaking all records as far as tourism this year. And when people come in, they see everything about Israel by traveling around, but they don't see the love of sport and the excitement of sport in Israel. And this movie brought it out, and that's what amazes people when they come to see it. Oh, I love it. It's just a great movie. By the way, I did not realize that Bill Walton and David Stern not only did I have an appreciation for Israeli basketball, they know the history of Israeli basketball. Of course. Well, Billy and, Billy and I were roommates in the U.S. team in 1970 in the ah, World Championships. Wow. Unbelievable. And, uh, David Stern has always uh, granted us permission to come in for 20 years. Uh, 
playing NBA teams. And if you remember, we played the, I did the promo with Isaiah Thomas, right. who was coaching, and we had 18,600 people cheering for Maccabi Tel Aviv in Madison Square Garden. Yep. <laughs> that was amazing. I remember that night like it was yesterday. And uh, does that continue, by the way? Does the current commissioner still uh, allow Israeli basketball to have a good relationship with the NBA? Yeah, well, Adam Silver, you know, uh, came on, is doing a great job, and uh, David Stern, he, he's... Um, you know, like uh, retired from the NBA, but right. he's active in his own uh, advisory capacity to many different organizations all over the world. And uh, Adam is, has followed up. We've uh, continued playing uh, we NBA teams, especially now when the NBA teams are going abroad in China and Brazil, uh, every place in the world, uh, in those six to eight uh, pre pre-game uh, pre pre-game seasons that they play that uh, before the regular season starts they they go out all over the world and uh, you know playing uh, in various countries so as i say uh, david stern brought globalization to the game of basketball and that's what's happening i was there the night that uh, omri visited new york for the first time like i don't know 9 10 years omri ago Caspi. yeah that was yes. i'll tell you that was just <laughs> everyone it's it's, like, it's incredible it's incredible how jews identify not only with israel but with Israeli basketball and Israeli basketball players. It's really incredible when you think about it. Uh, by the way, speaking of identifying with, I didn't realize the level uh, of which uh, both Yitzhak Rabin and more so Moshe Dayan, uh, how much they associated with the Israeli basketball. Moshe Dayan was actually at all, at all the games, according to the documentary. Yes, he uh, was a friend of what they call a friend of Maccabi Tel Aviv coming to uh, our games. I remember my son, uh, when he was in elementary school, he would sit on Moshe Dayan's lap at the game a lot of times. <laughs> Unbelievable. And Yitzhak Robin really loved sports, and he he was a big fan, by the way, of the New York Knicks, and he right. knew everything that that was going on, and it did, it followed through uh, up to today, you know, that, uh, you know, many of the people come, and uh, not only that, uh, you know, we had, uh, I hosted the uh, Robert Kraft that twice uh, in the last couple of years brought uh, not only uh, the stars of the New England Patriots when they won, but the, and the National Football League uh, uh, Hall of Famers. And uh, also uh, Rick Barry, my friend, and my teammate, and uh, Dr. J, and uh, Magic, and he got the uh, NBA All-Stars that have come, and they... They love to go down and visit the uh, JNF uh, facilities that they built in Stirot. They can't, they couldn't believe that there's a uh, facility that you have to have to protect rockets coming in and right. and they're going down on the kids that are in the, playing basketball. And they they were amazed to see such a facility. So we have uh, you know it's, it's it's unbelievable what's happening in Israel, but it's a part of life that people don't see. Hundred percent, and sports gives them the chance to uh, to do that. All right, a couple of things I got to ask you. You know, there's there, they allude to this in the documentary specifically about Mickey Berkovich and how nervous he was before the uh, Soviet game, which I understand. Well, everybody was nervous. Yes, that's what, that's what I want. I, that's what I want you to address for a second, because you know we make a big deal, rightfully so, about you know giving up an NBA career to do what you did on behalf of Israel and the Jewish people. Frankly, and I don't know if at that time you even realized as a youngster you know, the magnitude of it, but now certainly you do. Uh, but but we shouldn't think that this was that this was always an easy process. There must have been times when you felt very, very uncomfortable in certain arenas and countries around the world, must have been, and all see for sure in the other players. And 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 also, as they described with Mickey in the documentary, 
You, you felt the weight of the entire Jewish people and the state of Israel on your shoulders going out there and playing the game. Um, well, definitely, you know, like playing with an Israeli team before the Munich Olympics and playing with any Israeli sports team and going out and playing all over the world after the Munich Olympics, it's like night and day of the security situations that any sport team never ever realized that this is part of uh, the program, you know, so it, it is very different. What was that like, by the way, after the Munich Olympics? When you, I mean, well, I, I, I mean, I, when you're I assume... traveling, uh, every place that we land, we have every anti-terrorist uh, police squad uh, escorting us. Every place where we go, we have our own uh, communication codes. You know, when the night went to open up door, when not to open up the doors, you don't receive any presents. You know, it was different. You know, and it's a different world after Munich. I can only imagine. My gosh! And what about the whole? weight of the Jewish people, weight of the, you know, state of Israel on your shoulders. Do you, do you feel that? Is is that one? Well, of course we felt that, especially at that period of time, behind the Iron Curtain. We saw what it meant for the Jewish communities behind the Iron Curtain, and we saw what it meant even for the, the Jewish communities in France and Belgium or Germany, which were not that not today is any less anti-Semitism there, but at that time when suffering from anti-Semitism, and we saw what it meant. And when the Israeli team would come in and play and be able to even win against the, their teams, and it not only made in, in Israel feel proud, but all these, you know, the countries uh, where Jewish communities were to feel very proud. You know, and then you say, like, what it meant to play against the Russians or the Soviet Union at that period of time. And why, uh, like you say, Mickey was very nervous with the, with, the, with, the, with his, that button on his shirt. Right. But the fact is that they beat Real Madrid with uh, the game before by 20 points in Madrid, which Real Madrid is the top. You know, it's like the Boston Celtics at its peak or Los Angeles Lakers at its peak. And its peak that every team knew that if you can beat Real Madrid in Madrid, it's an amazing feat. And that's what they did. And then... Also, seven of those players, which were on their Olympic team, that beat the U.S. team. Right. So, um, a, seven, a, a greater miracle, one might argue, than the 1980 Olympics. Could be a greater miracle. Well, yeah, it's uh, the 1972 Olympics. Uh, well, I'm talking about the miracle on ice. The, ah, the, the, the miracle on yeah, ice, yeah, yes, for sure. Israel, you know, very, very similar. Israel 77 might be a bigger miracle than the miracle on ice 1980. Ice hockey in uh, Russia, it's the top sport. And right. The U.S. team uh, to beat the uh, Russian team. So from a basketball standpoint, if I asked you what you did that was better than them, that allowed you to, uh, you know, that led to the victory against the Soviets, that led to the victory in the European Cup final, what was it? What was the what was the secret basketball ingredient that those teams weren't prepared for at that time? Was there something? Um, well, we're definitely the underdog, that's for sure. Right. Nobody, nobody thought that the uh, Soviet <laughs> Union uh, with 22 satellite countries and the But did the you same, pa- But did you pass better or shoot better or dribble better? No, or we just uh, played with our hearts and uh, played above and beyond our ability to, to beat that team at that period of time. Unbelievable. You know, that's but uh, uh, for many years uh, at the NBA All-Star Weekends, I would meet with uh, Sergei Belov. And he said that when the Russian government, when the government agreed to have that game, they made a mistake by having that game in a very small arena, which is probably less than any uh, junior high school gymnasium in the States. 
And then when it was only for 500 people, and then if you have 498 cheering for us, and only two KGB agents at the time cheering for the <laughs> Russian team, how can we lose? <laughs> Plus all Israeli flags flying all over the place. I don't know if they thought that they, they, they knew they weren't in Israel, but it looked for them on that basketball court, it was like they were in Israel. <laughs> Unbelievable. The fans may have helped you intimidate the other team. Simple as that. Well, by cheering, I don't know how much right. intimidation, but it wasn't <laughs> pleasant that the, you know they were a little shell shocked. I think. Tal Brody, when you walk the streets of Israel, and I would assume it's the same for all C. Mickey and the others, when you walk the streets of Israel, it's like you won that game yesterday, right? Well, it goes down from the grandparents that were there to the parents right. to the children. It just keeps passing on because it's a beautiful time and a beautiful moment, and it's relived on the TV so often and on the radio. And you know, it's it's amazing because it's something that it's just that the country doesn't want to forget about. Yeah. And this movie moralizes oh. more or less what that period of time so other people around the world can feel that moment, what it was to be uh, Jewish, to be an athlete, to be on an Israeli team and playing the world's best and be able to win and to see what it meant for for your for a whole country it's it's amazing for a country that's struggling for a country that's uh, uh, i've been in israel since the six days war you know how many scrimmages and wars since we had that period of time yeah. and we're able to do this continuously not only in in uh, 1977 but 1981 the second time we won the european championship then in Strasbourg, uh, then in 2001 in Paris, then in 2004 in Tel Aviv, then in 2005 in Moscow, we took for the fifth time. The sixth time was a couple years ago, 2014 in uh, Milano, Italy. We had over 10,000 uh, Jews that came from Israel and from Europe uh, to support our team in Milano, Italy. And a few years ago at the James Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, I was called in to cut the ribbon at, um, uh, for the exhibition and to be our team to be honored, you know, for the first team outside of the United States to be honored in the James Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, and it was amazing. Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, Mickey, uh, Mickey Berkowitz was with me, at the, uh, and it, it, it just was you know, something that to see the Maccabi Tel Aviv and the James Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame being honored and ex exhibited, you know, for what has been accomplished and, you know, and, and just for how our basketball, our fans relate to it in Israel. You know, if there's going to be an NBA division in Europe, which uh, can't be likely, likely in the future with so many basketball players in the NBA from Europe today, that uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv and, and, and uh, Israeli basketball, will, or Israel itself, will be one of the first countries that the NBA will most likely look for because of the uh, immensity of basketball in the country. Unbelievable. Incredible. The movie's called On the Map. You must see it, everybody. On the Map. Go to Hey Jude Productions. There's a contact link there where you can find out how to bring the movie to your shul, school, JCC, etc., etc. As Tal Brody has told us, it's being seen all around the world, and people are fascinated by it, and for good reason. It is an incredible and amazing documentary, one of the most incredible 
sports achievements, not only in Israel's history, but I would say in uh, in sports history. Tal Tadaraba, thank you so much for joining me this morning and for spending all this time. Uh, what can I say? Uh, you know, <laughs> for for people like myself, it's literally speaking to a hero. Just incredible. Well, uh, thank you. I'm I'm on my way back to Israel. I finished the, yesterday, and uh, I think it's called Pakupa um, Pakua in Westchester, where Bill Bill Clinton, I think, is living in the same. Place. Oh, uh, Chappaqua. Chappaqua, yeah, Chappaqua, Chappaqua. Had a great time at Mammoth University. It was unbelievable uh, to see the university how it has progressed there in Bnei Yisroim in the synagogue in the in New York here. So it's been a nice swing through, and then I'm going on the way back to Israel and my. My wife and uh, children and 10 grandchildren wow. are waiting for me to get back. Unbelievable. And someone told me you have quite an admiration for our friends at Yeshiva University Basketball and their accomplishments up there. Uh, Yeshiva Basketball, I'm telling you, I enjoy coming in into Red Sourjack tournament. I've been in more than a few times and during the Shabbaton where they have everybody right. on a Friday night and Saturday to be with all the players from all over the country, the excitement at the tournament. It's great. It's really great. We're looking for maybe to even recruit our first basketball player from that tournament to come to Israel and play. Oh boy! Oh boy! I'll have to. I'll have to see if Elliot Steinmetz heard that because That's right. that, that... Elliot knows <laughs> <laughs> knows very well. You know, he, he knows. He's also right. looking to bring the first Israeli ball player. To, <laughs> maybe not the first, but right. uh, for a good ball player to play for Yeshiva. They did very well last year. I think they were in the tournament. They they made the tournament. I was there with my son in Pennsylvania. It was one of the greatest moments ever. And I would argue that what they did for the uh, what you did for the state of Israel and the Jewish people back then, they really did for Jews in the diaspora, especially in this area uh, this past season. And they're doing really well again this year, thank God. And and yeah, they've had a lot of great Israeli players, including our great friend Lior Hode, who's one of the best in yeshiva history. So, uh, look, Atal, I, I look forward to seeing you in Israel. Kolakavod, best regards to everyone, and especially to those heroes of the uh, 1977 European Cup Championship. And uh, enjoy. Uh, Enjoy promoting this movie. It's really amazing. Thank you very much, Nachum. On the map. Check it out, everybody. Hey Jude Productions. An honor every time we get to speak to the one and only Tal Brody at JM in the AM.